And I remember sobbing because I was like, I, I need a grown up. I'm not the grown up. I need a grown up. You can't leave me with this baby. Like, I don't know anything about babies. We need a grown up. And so that's when the weight of, of everything hit me. Hey, Mama, what do you think of when you hear the word success? Fame, status, and fortune? What about rocking your baby to sleep or coaching Little League? Advocating for your special needs child or mastering meal planning? Maybe going back to school or starting your own business? The truth is success looks different for us all, and it may change depending on the season of life you're in. After finding myself in a dark place, I decided to set an example for my two boys by intentionally choosing what I wanted for my life and seeking it, even if it was scary. And now I'm so excited to bring you stories of other moms who are living out their version of success. I plan to ask these incredible women not only about their journeys, but how they are making it through the madness and the magic that we all know as motherhood. So whether your assistant just brought you a hot espresso or you're rocking your baby on a third cup of reheated coffee, settle in and get ready for some goodness. I'm Shannon Carruthers, and this is the Successful Mama Podcast. Well, hey, Mama, and welcome to another episode of the Successful Mama Podcast. I am so excited. I have a new friend here with me today, and I honestly, you know, I have moms who come in, and I know their story, and I've, you know, we've shared a lot of information, but when I have a new friend come in who I've just gotten the opportunity to meet, it's always such a treat for me because I'm like, oh, tell me about this. Tell me about this. And I have to literally stop before the interview go and go, okay, we have to save some for the podcast. Stop talking. Stop asking questions. Let's get into the conversation. So I'm really excited. Um, so today's guest, I have Miss Lindsay Shekels Prather with us. Hi. And yes, Lindsay, in, if you want to just get started and introduce yourself to it, you know, tell okay. us a little bit about you. All right. Well, hi, I am Lindsay Shekels Prather. And, <laughs> um, and I actually just explained the the double last name is, is that I use my maiden name for professionally and then just personally everywhere else um my married name so i'm a double last name instead of a double first like we do down here in the south yes um i am from kentucky um but i also say all over i grew up in a military family so we um spent a lot of time in europe growing up and then moved stateside when i was a preteen and i'm trying to think Met my husband in college, followed him down here, and so now we live in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm a therapist, and we have one five, almost six-year-old little boy. Sweet. Very good. We love boys at our house. Oh, yes. They're the best. They're the sweetest. uh, I thought I I wanted girls. I really did. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, it's a boy. Here we go. And now I'm like, I can't imagine it any other way. Yeah, well, you know, well, part of my story is, is that I didn't want any, and, <laughs> and we're gonna so we're gonna dive into yes, that. we're gonna get into that, and I, I love this. I can't wait. So, Mama, um, you're you're in for a treat. I know this is gonna be good, and so let's just get into it. We'll go okay. start with your military background. Like you you went there. Let's go ahead and chat about that yeah. a little bit. So, so um, again, grew up in a military family. Um, my parents are high school sweethearts, so they're so gross. And (laughs) um, went to college together, graduated, and then um, got married. My mom always tells us that she graduated from college, got married, and moved to Europe all within a month of one another. Um, Both my brother and I were born overseas, so she was on her own pretty much as a mom. Um, My dad's career was pretty demanding, and so we grew up 
like divorced parents, except for our parents were married, um, that he came and visited us on the weekends um, and then would be usually gone on assignment wherever um, during the weeks. And then there were times, weeks at a time or even months at a time that he was not part of our everyday life. Um, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade and he was stationed in Korea for an entire year. Oh my goodness. Um, and we stayed stateside. So um, my mom did most of the parental heavy lifting. And as a mom now, I have a ton of respect for how she managed um, with my brother and I, because we were very busy kids and had all the activities and she, she did most of that on her wow. own. Wow. And I'm curious to know, because I think one of the things that I, I'm, love studying about is just what what is normal to people Mm -hmm. like what is your normal because whatever you grow up as a lot of the times we tend to view that as our normal thing right yes and until you start to have open conversations about it you don't know what other people right you don't know what other people's normal is so I'm fascinated that's why I love stories I love you know asking this question so I'm curious during that time in your childhood did you view that as normal or were you? Yeah, it was completely normal because we were, again, we were in Europe, we were on a military base. And so everyone's family was was living that way. And um, I'm going to show, show my age here, but um, we were there during the Cold War. I actually lived in Germany when the Berlin Wall came down. Um, I, and- I'm sorry. Okay. Y'all are, y'all are <laughs> listening on audio, but this, this girl does not look... What? Oh yeah. No. I am You're gonna fastly have to share, approaching 40. You need to share you need to share the skincare, you need to share all the things. Okay. So so continue, sorry. Um so we we lived overseas during that period of time. Um we were there during Operation Desert Storm. So um so a lot of the kids that I grew up with, um, there their parents were either deployed or again were just doing all kinds of stuff um overseas. And so I didn't realize how abnormal normal my life was until we moved to the States. And my parents moved us to their hometown because they want us to grow up around family. So my mom had that support system to help with us while my dad was gone. Um, and then that's when I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, everyone's dad comes home <laughs> huh? <laughs> regularly. That's a, thing. Um, that's a thing. Like it was just, it was kind of mind blowing. Um, and there were so many times where, um, I had teachers or principals at my school who just naturally assumed that my father wasn't a part of, of our life. And there was one day that, um, I was not being very nice to my English teacher in eighth grade and I was in the principal's office and, (laughs) um, and we had a new vice principal and she was just like, well, it just must be very hard to grow up in a single parent home. And I was like, wait, wait. Huh? <laughs> um, and not that there's anything wrong with that. My, my father grew up with a single parent and, um, and she was definitely a rock star, but I was like, no, my parents are married. He's just in the army. Right. And she like just the color left her face. I was like, no, it's fine. It's totally cool. Like people assume, uh, right, <laughs> but, right. but yeah, I mean like that was, that was when I noticed the difference definitely is when we moved back to the States and you know, I was, at a civilian children's school and realized that again, like a parent came home every night. Yeah. <laughs> Both yeah. parents. Wow. So, so what did that do? You know, I want to move into to your story and moving into motherhood and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that affect your thoughts on motherhood as you watched your mom go through all of those things? I mean, it was a big reason why I didn't want to be a parent. Um, I just perceived motherhood as very cumbersome. Yeah. Um, and that it was limiting in certain ways. And and again, for my mom, it was. Um, she she 
sacrificed a lot in order to make sure that we had the life that we did. And, and again, she had a great support system in her sister and my grandparents and um, and family that that was close to us. But I mean, ultimately, she she did a lot of it on her own. And that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, when I was choosing a spouse, I was very adamant that I was like, I'm not ever going to marry anyone in the military. And, and I didn't, but I married someone whose career is just as demanding and leaves me on my, my own quite a bit. Yeah. But, but at the time that wasn't an issue, right? No, absolutely not. Y'all weren't, y'all weren't having kids. No, we weren't having that conversation. Oh yeah. Like we were, we were like, yeah, like no kids, like we're going to be cool aunt and uncle. Um, we both have siblings who have children. So, um, our, our parents got their grandparent itch scratched. So we were good to go. Yeah. (laughs) And so then what was what was your plan? Like, what did you want to do? Um, I wanted to have my own therapy practice, which, you know, still worked out. Right. Um, And he again, he works in television news. And so he had things that he wanted to do and has done. And um, yeah, like we were just going to hang out and buy a beach condo and (laughs) do what you wanted to do. Do what we wanted to do. And um, yeah, and just enjoy life and have fun. And again, not that you can't do that with children, but in our mind, it was that we weren't going to do that with a child. It was just going to be the two of us. And that was going to be that. Yeah. yeah. So then obviously, um, some things changed. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So this, how our son came to be is completely ridiculous. Um, And I say ridiculous because I just decided that we couldn't have children. No one told us that. Like, just no knew. doctor just... told us that. Like, I was just like, um, oh, I'm in my mid-30s. Um, I haven't been on birth control for a couple of years. You know, we were playing fast and loose with um, controlling the birth, if you will. Yes. So I was just like, well, you know, I haven't gotten pregnant. I probably can't get pregnant. And so I just decided that I could not get pregnant, which is absurd. And, <laughs> and turns out I could. You could. And, <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> and um and it was it was kind of crazy. I um I was teaching I was teaching Pilates and bar at two local studios at the time. And um I I had taught an early morning Pilates class and I just had felt exhausted and kind of sick and I was like, Man, what's going on? But it's the middle of the summer, so I'm like, oh, it's probably not a stomach bug or the flu. And we were going to the beach the, the next week. And so I was like, well, let me take a pregnancy test just in case, because you don't want to be throwing back cocktails at the beach right, right. and be pregnant. And so um, I usually kept an emergency pregnancy test and I took the test and it it did not take the two minutes or 90 seconds that, I mean, it was like immediately double pink lines. And I was like, oh my God. So I take a picture of it. I send it to my cousin, my cousin, not my cousin, my husband. And <laughs> um, I send it to my husband and his response to me was that pregnancy test was from the dollar store. We need to get another one. <laughs> this is not real. This that is, is that not is, real. No, you need to get the real thing because that's not happening. Cause that's not happening. And, um, and we took an embarrassing amount of pregnancy test over about three or four days. And, and let me ask, was there any change in them? No, yeah. all of them were, were positive. All. <laughs> all of them were positive. He was Googling um, 
about pregnancy and pregnancy tests. And at one point he was like, okay, let's take them during three different parts of the day um, because your HCG levels are highest and lowest during these times. And maybe you took it during a time that your HCG levels were high, but that doesn't mean you're actually pregnant. Like it was, (laughs) we were buying different brands of test. Like if, it was it was crazy. I love I love that y'all were like trying to un you know like, these, like there's no way these are all right. There, there's something wrong here. The there. denial was strong. Yeah, yeah. the denial was. Strong. We were like manifesting that not well, um, and so finally, after taking I don't know pregnancy tests like 16, I call my mom crying and I'm like, I'm pregnant, and and she is like oh my God, that's exciting. Amazing. Great. Are we, and I was, and I was just sobbing on the phone because, you know, sometimes you just need your mom. Yeah. And so I'm crying. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And she was like, well, you need to call your doctor. And I said, but what doctor? And her response to me was, um, my name is actually a double name. Um, my family calls me Lindsay Reed. And she said, Lindsay Reed, your daddy and I paid entirely too much money for you to get an education for you to ask me such a stupid question. (laughs) And and she's like, but you're gynecologist. And I was like, okay, thank you. But you had a lot going on. I mean, that's a lot lot to process in that moment. It was, but um, both my parents are very direct and um, don't have a lot of, um, breath for for nonsense Mm -hmm. and and so in that in her mind that was a nonsense question and she responded with a nonsense answer and (laughs) so I call the doctor's office and I say hi I've taken a lot of pregnancy tests and I think that I'm pregnant not that I am but I think (laughs) think that I'm pregnant for that there's no positive it's just maybe just just maybe Mm -hmm. and I was like I need a blood test and the the administrative assistant or the nurse on the phone is like, well, you're probably pregnant. And I was like, yeah, but I need a blood test. And she, you know, goes over, I guess these are standard questions in terms of, you know, when was your last cycle? When do you think you conceived? Um, And she's like, oh, well, it sounds like you're pretty early on. So let's get you in for a blood test. So they get me in the next day, which apparently isn't standard, but they, they, heard my panic yes. <laughs> on the phone. And part of it too was I was like, I'm going to the beach next week. Like I need to know mm-hmm. because that's what I decided to hyper-focus on instead of actually being pregnant. And, <laughs> and so um, they called me while I was at the beach and they're like, oh yeah, you're definitely pregnant. Your blood test results came back and we are prescribing you some folic acid and some other stuff. And they called it in to the pharmacy um, where we were. And then we were off to the races. Wow. <laughs> And at that point, did your husband like? Oh yeah, was- we were we were like, okay, okay, we're gonna do it. We're, go team! Like we're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, you know, you're you're still actively pursuing your career, right? Yes, that's that's. I'm in doctoral school. Um, I am contracting with um, a practice in Madison, and so I'm rocking and rolling. And so that is the next step. Is is that I'm saying to myself okay, what are you going to do? Yeah, because I was curious, does that shift your mindset at all? Or do you just think like, I mean, I think when I, I don't know, at at a certain point, I was like, oh, I can handle all of it. I can do motherhood. I can do this. I can do that. I can, you know, take on everything. And Mm -hmm. then there's a realization of like, oh, you only have 24 hours in a day. Yeah. When did that hit you? Um, I 
doctoral school, I was I was getting to a point in doctoral school. And right now it's what I'm qualified is what's referred to as ABD status, which means I've done everything but the dissertation, all the dissertation. And um, I was rolling into my comps to be able to start dissertation work after I passed comps. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take these comprehensive exams and then I'm going to take a leave of absence because once the baby gets here, I'll be able to work on my dissertation. So yes, I was overconfident. Like that's absurd. For but <laughs> for your defense, I think every mother is at least a little bit overconfident. Like you don't yes. know until you are actually In holding it. that baby and doing all the things. You don't you don't fully understand as much as you no. know about babies and you you may think you know. Yes. Until you're in it, you just, you You just have no idea. And so I was like, so I, so in my mind, the pregnancy was supposed to be the hard part. Right. And so I was like, I want to be as stress-free as possible during my pregnancy. Like I, again, I'm going to take this leave of absence. I will return when the baby gets here. My advisor at the university I was working on my doctorate degree with was just like, are you, are you sure? So you're going to come back in August after you've had a baby. And I was like, yeah. Of course, like it's going to be fine. And so spoiler alert, I did not return in August. Yeah. <laughs> Things changed. Yet Things again. changed again. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I just, I, I leaned into it. I, I was just like, okay, if we're going to do this, I want to do it right. And, um, and my husband and I decided what we thought right was for us and our growing family. And we never looked back. I love that. I think that's really important. And the fact that you guys came to that agreement together and figured that out, I think is really, really cool. Um, So then at that point, of course, you know, Blake comes into the world. Hello, baby boy. Um, And things change, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What was that adjustment like going into motherhood once you actually were holding the baby? Um, Yeah, it was just, I don't, so here's, Here's where I felt like, oh, my gosh, we're in this when the parents left. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I so can see that. I can see When that. the parents left. So I had a really easy pregnancy. Thank God. I think that that was kind of my gift that if it was going to be a surprise, things were easy. Um, I walked into my first doctor's appointment and said, I would like a scheduled C-section, please. Um, and my doctor said, what? And I was like, this is a surprise. I don't want any more surprises. Um, and so like all of that went smoothly and our parents were here and my mom stayed for a week. She left. My mother-in-law came. She stayed for a week. They were great. They were so supportive and helpful. Um, and then they left. And I remember sobbing because I was like, I, I need a grown up. <laughs> I'm not the grown up. I need a grown up. I need a, you can't leave me with this baby. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about babies. We need a grown up. And, <laughs> um, and so that's when the weight of, of everything hit me. Um, my postpartum journey was a little rocky. Um, I, mine manifested in anxiety mm-hmm. um, where I had an immense feeling of responsibility for my son. Um, full disclosure, I did not love him right away. Um, and I had a lot of feelings of panic and guilt about that. And so there was a lot of crying and a lot of panic attacking um, that happened um, for a month or so after. Um, and then can, the, can oh, I sorry. stop yes. you real quick and just say, I feel like that's an important point that moms mm-hmm. need to hear. Can mm-hmm. you speak to that from a 
professional <laughs> standpoint as far as to other moms who maybe wonder about that experience or if there's okay. something wrong with them or you know what I mean? And there was something wrong. Um, and I, I knew it and I knew it intellectually, but being in the experience of the postpartum anxiety was just, and, and I think that I was very fortunate because I did know, like, I was like, okay, we know what this is. We know what to do with it. Um, I worked with my doctor. He was like, do you want me to prescribe you anything? And I said, let's give it a week and a half. Um, because there are things that are happening with us hormonally and with the neurotransmitters in our brain, um, where we just aren't as well regulated. Um, your body has gone through a major trauma and trauma isn't always a bad thing because, you know, you have this beautiful life that you've created, but there's just a lot going on. (laughs) And, and so I knew it was happening, but I was, I was in the closet crying every day. Mm-hmm. Like I would have a pancake. Like it was very regimented and scheduled where I was like, okay, I'm going to go have my closet time mm-hmm. and I'm going to go cry and have a panic attack in the closet. I'm going to come back out and maybe go back in if I'm not quite done yet. Yeah. And, um, and it was, it was just, it was rough. And, and I, again, I had a lot of guilt and shame around not loving him immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but that speaks a lot to my own personality. Like I can be kind of slow to warm and, and I was slow to warm to him. Yeah. I wanted to take care of him. Again, I felt again, this just internal urge to, to protect, um, that, that whole like maternal instinct is real. And, um, and I felt very connected to him, but I just didn't quite love him right. yet. Right. <laughs> And, and, and that was, that was difficult. And, um, and then just the, and I think that part of the sobbing when the grownups left (laughs) was that, um, I just didn't feel as equipped and, um, and it, it was just overwhelming. Like the, the responsibility of motherhood can be. Absolutely. Crushing. Yes. 100%. There's no explanation needed there. If you have a kid, you understand that. (laughs) Yes. At this point, you know. Obviously, life shifts a little bit, right? Um, And you guys, did you end up getting some help with Blake? We did. Um, We have no family here. So we had Miss Raven, who was a big help. And she was with him from the time he was six weeks old up until he was um, a little bit older than three. Um, And I say with him, but also with us. Um, And we were, she was in her early 20s. Um, She had done nannying work before she was a college student and then she had worked in daycare so in our mind we didn't really know anything about babies like parenthood for us was complete trial by fire especially when he was brand new and we would ask her questions like is it time for him to be on solids (laughs) how long should he keep his pacifier what time should his bedtime be is this a normal sleep regression? Is this a normal sleep regression? <laughs> yeah. And and she was very knowledgeable and helpful. Um, and and again, like I know that there can be a lot of shame about moms getting help with with taking care of their children or with cleaning or what have you. But if you need help, get the help. And Absolutely. and and I needed the help. I didn't want to give up my career. Like that was my, my hill that I was wanted to die on is, is that I want to be able to do both, but I want to be able to do both well. And part of doing both well was making sure that he was with a caregiver who would love and care about him just as much as his father and I. Right. Right. And I think that's an important thing to, to note is like, if you are able to get that help, like mm-hmm. if you have, you know, the resources where you can do yes. that and you see the need there, there is no shame in that. No. There is none. 
Um, and I think I was raised as a, you know, well, if you can do it yourself, you ought to go yes. ahead and do it. Save the money, do it yourself. And and so I've definitely had to shift my mindset around that as far mm-hmm. as, you know, well, a cleaner or, a, you know, somebody yes. who can help with different aspects. So so after you guys have, have had your sweet little man mm-hmm. and you are adjusting to new life, um, then tell me what happens in your in your career path. Do you continue uh-huh. going strong or do things start to shift a little? Um, so before he was born, I adjusted my schedule. Okay. The The beauty about where I was is, is that I was pretty much in charge of myself. Like there mm-hmm. was some responsibility to the practice, but ultimately I was in charge of my schedule, how many clients um, I wanted to see. And so I said, I was like, again, I want to be present for him. And so my schedule at that point was Tuesday through Thursday. Um, and, but it was all day. It was all day. And then Monday, and I always say Friday through Monday was Blake and my days yes. together. Yes. And um, and then Miss Raven would be there um, Tuesday through Thursday while my husband and I were working. Um, the beauty of my husband's schedule is, is that he usually doesn't have to go into his work until mid-afternoon. So he would get to spend the mornings with Blake. Gotcha. Um, and, and so it was important for us to be able to establish our own little relationship, all those types of things. So professionally... I was full steam ahead, um, still am, but there were things that had to get dropped. Um, I mentioned that I was teaching fitness when I found out that I was pregnant. So I was teaching at two different studios and working full time at the practice. And the first, the first thing to go was, was the Pilates studio. Unfortunately, um, I just, there just weren't enough hours in the day. There just weren't enough hours in the day. And, um, when you have a new baby, you're tired, Uh, (laughs) um, A little, just a little, just, 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 a, just little. a smidge tired. And, um, and I just wasn't able to give as much as I needed to, to those classes, to the clients there. Um, I think anything th- that we do, we need is worth doing well. And I was not doing that well and decided to drop, um, the bar studio. I had been there since I moved to Huntsville and, and just loved it, loved the women, loved the the owners that I was working for. It was it was just great. Um and I, I still go to to that studio to this day um just because I love the atmosphere there. And um and so I held strong for about a year and a half. Oh wow. That was probably a tough <laughs> yes. year and a half. It was it was hard to leave but um but again I just I had to, especially once he started having activities and mm-hmm. those got incorporated into our days and and so it just had to go. Right, right. You're still, though, very uh, strongly pursuing your career. Yes. And so then obviously we had a big event that took over everyone's <laughs> life in 2020 and yes. probably brought you lots of new clients. And <laughs> that was um, that was my busiest year. Um, and I, I started working from home. I was still again, I was still at the practice, but um, we all decided to just, you know, be as cautious as possible and, and work from home. So yes, it was very, very busy. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was crazy and I don't mean crazy mental health. I just mean crazy chaotic. Like the world was just a crazy place during that time. And, um, and yeah, mental health services definitely were, were centered, um, in people's lives because people really needed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There was so much, I mean, you could do just a podcast on, I'm sure there is, I'm sure there's a (laughs) podcast on people's stories 
during yes. that time because everybody has a story. Um, and, and so during that, obviously you begin to see a need, you begin to recognize, all right, I'm hearing some of these same things over and over. Mm -hmm. I'm having clients who are coming with, you know, these specific needs. What was your response to that? My response to that was, um, we, I started developing, um, my web course commit 45 and because people just weren't taking care of themselves. And, and so if we don't take care of our base human needs, then we're not going to be able to get to, again, like self-actualizing and getting to know ourselves or even taking care of some of our higher level mental health needs. Um, people were spending way too much time on social media. Um, I would love to cut off everyone's internet for 30 days um, just wouldn't to it reset. A, it would be a different world, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. It would It would be people would look up. And have regular conversations. I, it amazes me when I go somewhere and like you look around and everybody is just staring at their phones. It's like, mm -hmm. hello, you want to talk? Like, like, I would love, I would to, love have to interact. A yeah. Let's have a conversation. Let me know something about you. Like, I don't know. I, yes, yeah. that would be a great thing. And so, and because again, during that time, I mean, 20, 20, 2020 is when I start thinking about it. 2021 is where I went into the development phase and um, started doing it myself to see how it worked, if it could work. And um, and so, again, 2022 is where I did the boots on the ground work and then launched. And But there was just a need of let's get enough sleep. Let's drink enough water. Let's cultivate something, yeah. a plant, a pet, yourself, anything. Get off the internet. Mm -hmm. Key. That, that's the key. That's the big one. Big picture. Get off the internet. Get off the internet. And, and not completely, but and and social media does have its positives for sure. But when we start to replace our community with a parasocial community, we get ourselves in trouble. Absolutely. And and that's what a lot of people were doing. And then during the pandemic, because we were actually, you know, we were sheltering in place and we were actually isolated for people who didn't actually have a community, it amplified that for them. And and they were diving deeper into their phone and there were some very big mental health consequences as a result. Oh yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah, because if you don't have anybody there with you, mm -hmm. that's what you turn to. We need that interaction. Yes. And that's like the, you know, the only way you can get it. You're mm -hmm. going to do it more. Not to mention the addiction level of yes. all of I mean, that. Is, yes. The addiction. Um, and then comparison is the thief of joy. 100%. And that's all you do when it comes <laughs> and to social media. that's all you do. And, and even so there there's another really good podcast that, that I listen to and it speaks a lot about mom influencers and how that impacts just regular moms that, you know, we aren't making our children bread from scratch. I mean, you might be, but we're, I'm not. Yeah, and, no. <laughs> and so even, um, even feeling inadequate as a parent, as a wife, um, just as a human where it's like, my hair is not perfect and I don't, have abs, even though I've had a baby and <laughs> I'm not cooking meals from scratch and I'm not doing all the, these crafts or activities with my kids. And does that make me a bad mom? And, and people are constantly asking themselves that because they're comparing to what they see online and think that that's the actual standard when in reality it is not. No, it's absolutely not. And I think about that a lot as far as, you know, what did our moms have to go through? 
What did, mm-hmm. because I don't remember, I mean, not that they probably would have shared that with us anyway, but I don't mm-hmm. remember that being a thing then. And yeah. I think it's because it wasn't so in your face. It wasn't the standard to go, okay, let me just scroll through my phone. Oh, there's somebody who has beautiful pictures of their children that they've taken. Oh, there's somebody who has the homemade bread that they've just yes. made. And they make it every day, by the way. Make your own sandwich bread. Don't buy it. It's bad for you. It's got all this stuff in it. And yes. you're, you know, and then... <laughs> You're going to give your kids cancer. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and, and you just keep scrolling and you see, number one, I feel like it's important to note that these are all individual women yes. who are doing individual things. Yes. But when we compare ourselves, we often combine all of those things Yes. and then go, I should be all of those. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, that mom, she takes pictures of her kids and that's her gift. That's yeah. the way she loves to spend her time. And that is her. And it yes. is so amazing. Okay. But I should do that. That mom loves to cook. Oh, but I should do that too. And then you're, what's your gift? What's your thing that you're good at as a mom? Yes. Focus on that and try to cultivate that thing Mm -hmm. rather than spending time watching everybody else. But again, it's it's easier said than done. It is easier said than done. And we are all guilty of the doom scroll. Oh, for sure. Uh (laughs) We can talk about that. Habits, you know, it's so easy. One thing that I noticed is it becomes so habitual for us to go and click on that link. If you will go in your phone and mm-hmm. move your link to a different screen yes, or a folder where it's not normally mm-hmm. and pay attention to during your day when you have to stop and go, oh, that's not, it's I was not literally going to click on that. And I, I had no idea I was even planning to do that. I didn't mean to. Uh-huh. You're not intentional about going to social media. You just do it because you just it's a do dopamine it. fix that you're yes. so used to getting. Absolutely. And that that is the funny thing about it is, is that there have been so many times where I have like gotten on my phone to send a text message or to check my email and and then I in, end up on like Twitter is my guilty pleasure, guys. Like, if if you need to know, like, what my social media preference is, it's Twitter. But that's because I think it's funny because everyone's just yelling into the abyss. (laughs) Um, And they're like, do you like Bravo TV, too? Um, And I'm like, yes, I do. (laughs) But um, then I'll end up on Twitter. And then I'm like, why am I? I'm supposed to be responding to someone's email. And so you do. And that was a tip that another mom friend gave me. She was like, I actually don't have any of the apps on my phone. So if I'm going to social media, I have to get on the internet, yep. type in the web page, type in my password. And, and she's like, so I make it harder for myself by adding steps. Yes. And so there are ways to to mitigate that. But with, with the program is, is that we just eliminate it for 45 days. Yep. Just, just take a break. I know that's difficult for some people because their work requires um, social media engagement. And so, um, you know, there's definitely suggested alternatives um, for that where we just limit the time or we just get on the business page or what have you. But um, that's just a really important feature of the program because the slogan is real Mm -hmm. self-care. I, as a mental health professional, have a lot of feelings about um, the self-care revolution (laughs) because it's not just massages and manicures. Um, It's it's part of that. But self-care are those daily habits. Like what are you doing to just take care of yourself. And a lot of that has to do with getting enough sleep, um, not consuming things that are going to be, or that aren't going to be good for you. Um, and that's media, that's certain, you know, nutrition, um, alcohol, you know, what have you. And so just 
trying to abstain and be more aware and the goal isn't perfection um, or isn't to do this course or program perfectly. Um, but it's all there because a complaint that I hear a lot from clients when they're just like, it's just too much for me to think about it. So I'm taking the thinking out of it. And it's just like, here's what you do for 45 days. Mm -hmm. Just follow the instructions. Um, it's going to take you about 10 minutes a day there. Um, I refer to it as a Tyler Perry production because, um, it's all done by me. Journal prompts, meditations, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) all done by me. And so, um, and a woman of many talents. Yes. You know, I try. And, and so you're going to meditate for 45 days and you can choose when it makes sense for you to meditate. You're going to journal. The prompts are already there. So you don't have to think about it. You just read the prompt and you write about it and you can write a line or you can write a page or you can write several pages, whatever feels right to you regarding, um, regarding that prompt. And, um, the big prompt is what is enough? Um, because we live in a society that promotes more. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we're chasing down more, we don't even realize why. And we have to think about what is enough. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yes. What is enough? Um, so you guys, we will get, actually just go ahead. Why don't you go ahead and just give where they can find that if okay. they want to look in. Um, at commit-45.teachable.com. Okay, there you go. And we'll link that in the show notes at SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com as well. Um, and then we you've also, like I said, a woman of many talents. Um, you decided, I think I'll start a podcast. Let's, let's do this <laughs> podcast thing too. So tell me a little bit about that, about your podcast. Um, so it was, it was funny because um, it is a friend of ours, um, a couple's friend of ours, and the, the husband of the couple's friend and I were getting together about Commit 45 and just, just talking about it. And he's like, you know, why don't we start a podcast? He is a life coach. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but in the mental health wellness world, um, there is a little warring that goes on between therapist and life coaches yes. and and I am one of those there's enough space for all of us yeah. everywhere and and so we do a podcast just about different topics about life and mental health and bringing it from a mental health and life coaching perspective and showing the world that we can all work together and there's value in each path and helping people decide maybe what they need, if they need more of a coach or if they need a therapist or if they need a psychiatrist, psychologist, whoever, um, and just guiding them in the right direction. I love that because if you are new here and you don't know me, um, I am a habit and success coach. I work with moms. And so I often in our very first conversation, we Mm -hmm. go, okay, what are your goals? What are your needs? What are the things? Because we have to figure out, are we focused on moving forward? Are we focused on that, you know, goal setting? Or are we needing to find some other help? Because I'm not a therapist. I'm Mm -hmm. not a licensed therapist. I don't do these certain things. And so, you know, if that's something you're seeking, I'm not the right person for you. So I, I love that you guys, though, are kind of yeah. making that connection and, and saying, okay, this is, you know, just yeah. looking at all the different different resources because, I mean, ultimately that's it, right? We yes. need to look at what are all the options we have? Mm-hmm. What are the resources available to us? And what do we personally need in order to be our best selves? Yes, so absolutely. Super cool. So where can our listeners find your podcast? Um, they can find us on, I mean, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, Spotify is always my um, choice. And then we have the Instagram, the Lindsay and Randy show. So follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and 
I don't believe that there is a Facebook. So okay. Instagram or TikTok. So Lindsay the and Lindsay show. and Randy show. Very nice. And like I said, I'll put that on the, the show notes as well. Um, and one of the things I, I want to talk real, real quick before we get into our last segment is that um, when you sent over your guest interest form that I ask all my guests to fill out, one of the quotes that I have that I wrote down was, I have an entire life to do other things but only a short amount of time to raise a good human. And I think that with your adjustments in the way that you're living your life, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're definitely living that out. Yes. Um, can you speak to that as far as, I don't know, just any, any elaborations well, on that? Because I can always go to school. I can always go back and, and get my doctoral degree. And when I did my own self-reflection about why I was doing it in the first place, it was kind of adolescent because I was working at a university at the time when I began the program and everyone else had a doctorate degree and I wanted one too. And <laughs> but they've got it, so why can't I have it? Yeah, and so I was like, and I'm not in academia anymore, so it's not 100% necessary. But again, universities are going to continue to exist. Um, he is not going to continue to be five years old. Yes. Um, less than a week, he'll be six. And so our time with our children is fleeting. And um, and I just didn't want to look back and be like, oh, man, that was a missed opportunity. That was a missed opportunity with him. Um, because again, like we, we only get a short period of time. And I don't believe our children are, are ours. Um, they spend more time on their own than they do with us. Um, Doesn't it break your heart? I know. Like makes me tear up just thinking about (laughs) it. But but it's true. And so I, this is a very important job. It's my most important job. And I take it very seriously. And again, when my husband and I sat down and we're like, okay, we're doing this, then we're like, we're going to do it to the best of our ability. And this is what it's going to look like for us and our family. Mm -hmm. And so they're just, you know, Things that we that we had to give up, um, that we put on the back burner, to to make sure that that Blake is featured. Yes, so good, so good. And I, you know, I remind my clients often that motherhood is a season, right? Mm-hmm. And every season is not meant for everything. So yeah. there may be something that you are called to do. There may be something that is meant for you, mm-hmm. but it's just not meant for right now. And that's okay. Yeah. It's absolutely. okay to save it for later. It's okay to come back to it. It's okay. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I love that, that perspective on it. All right. So the big question that I love to ask all of my guests is what does success mean to you? Um, it means balance um, and it means peace. Um, I have a lot of clients that come to me and say, Lindsay, I just want to be happy. And I said, we're going to change the language. We're going to strive for contentment. Mm. That's good. So if a mom says, what's, what's the difference? What's the difference? Happiness is the feeling that we have at a birthday party. Um, so it's that buzzy excitement and, and contentment is just kind of that feeling that you have at the end of the day where you've washed off your makeup and your child or children have gone to bed and, you know, the kitchen is clean or clean adjacent and <laughs> cleanish. That's cleanish. the term, That's the term yeah. I use often in our house. Cleanish. And that you just, you know, you just take a seat and you pause for a beat and you're just like, you know, things are good. Mm. Life is good. Mm-hmm. It's shifting your mindset to from always seeking for more, like you mm-hmm. like you said earlier, to enough. I have enough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. So good. 
Okay, Miss Lindsay, I have one last thing, <laughs> sure. one last thing to ask you because I love doing a quick rapid fire with all my guests. Okay. I, I try not to prepare anybody for this, um, but it's easy, I promise. Okay. So, number one, what is your coffee order? Um, triple tall soy latte, one stevia in the raw. What does triple tall mean? Um, triple shot of espresso. Tall. Yeah. Okay, tall. gotcha, gotcha, uh, gotcha. So, so small for those of you who yes. are not Starbucks orderers. Yes, a small with three shots of espresso. Yeah. You got to get going. Yeah, we got it. Got things to do. I like it. <laughs> okay, number two, how clean on a scale of one to ten does your house stay on average? Uh, <laughs> we need video for this. But... I was just like, oh. So I'm going to say a five to six. Okay. Um, just because as Blake Sitter said recently, she was just like, you guys literally just sleep here and, and she's right. So our, our home is our landing place. We eat dinner there and we go to bed. And then the rest of the time we are, we're on the go. You're going, you're busy. Yeah, we're busy. Gotcha. So, um, I will say it is not clean enough that I would want an uninvited guest to show up because there's probably shoes in the foyer. But if I'm if I'm going to play devil's advocate here and the the comparison and the fact that you don't maybe that's not your thing and it's mm-hmm. OK and oh, you don't yeah. have to compare. You know what I mean? You don't no. have to have that perfect home. And so if somebody comes to your house. That's OK. That's just you. Yeah, you know? exactly. I was just like and it's clean. But it is messy. Clean-ish. Like there's things. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, just, there's just things out. That, that's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> Same, just for the record. Okay. Number three, what is a book or show you've recently loved? Oh, my goodness. Um, so I do love TV and I do love reading. That is a hard one. Um, I guess the book, it's actually the book that I'm reading right now. I'm reading The Women's Room. Which, and gosh, I, I cannot think of the author, and that's terrible. But, I mean, this book was written in maybe the 70s, 80-ish. It's along the lines of the feminine mystique. And um, and it just speaks to women's experience and wanting more. And t- during the, the feminist revolution in the 60s, so these women are going to Ivy League universities when they have just let women in and they're speaking to those experiences, their moms, their wives, some of them are divorcees, which was, you know, pretty scandalous in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm really enjoying it's, it's a mammoth, though. It's taken me a long time. Usually I can finish a book in a day to three days. And this is taking me a couple of weeks. Gotcha. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, all right. Question number four. What is this is funny. I'm sorry. I've got to preface this and say that before we hopped on the podcast, um, Lindsay mentioned something about throwing everything in her purse. <laughs> um, question number four is what is the most random item you have in your purse? Let's let's see. Whoa. Sorry. Is no, I like go no, away from good. the micro- microphone? Um Let's see, we have this bag here. That is not too random because that's just like backup makeup. I think that this at the bottom is probably the most random. Oh, it is a coupon from Flow, the trampoline gym. Um, we probably went to a birthday party. Actually, not probably went to a birthday party. Every bar- birthday party we've been to this year has been at Flow. Oh. Blake will also be having a birthday party at Flow <laughs> in two weeks. And, and it is the 20% off of your next birthday party coupon that I did not use. Um, I need to call them and see if I can redeem it. And um, also a free hour 
um, at Flow. And so I, I keep these in my purse, though, because usually, you know, sometimes when it rains and your child needs to get energy out, yeah. then you end up at a trampoline uh, gym. That's a good place to go. So. <laughs> Oh, me. Well, Lindsay, this has been so much fun. I truly appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Awesome. All right, Mama, thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you next time on the Successful Mama podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Successful Mama podcast. For more information, head on over to SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com where you can find show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode tap that share button and remember to tag at successful mama podcast and make sure to go leave a review. It really does help a special thanks to Will Carruthers until next time. Remember mama success looks more than one way and it's up to you to define it.